Welcome to episode 237 of the Women of the Military podcast. This week my guest is Deanna Moga. Deanna wrote a sci-fi military book called The Peak Experiment that highlights a female cadet as the protagonist and includes other women of leadership and importance. This book has mystery and suspense and will leave you wondering what will happen next. Diana served in the Marine Corps and we talked about her experience of working to get into the Naval Academy and her time in the military, her transition out of the military, and how she became an author. So let's get started with this week's interview. Welcome to Women of the Military Podcast. I'm so excited to have Diana here. She is also a author, and so I'm right excited to not only hear about her time in the military, but about her book, The Peak Experiment, that I had a chance to read. So I'm excited to welcome you to the show. So thank you for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is really this is really neat. So let's start with why did you decide to join the military? Sure. Well, I guess I decided to join initially because I, like a lot of, a lot of folks, you know, I, I was drawn to the challenge of it. Right. I, um, I think as a kid I had, you know, whenever I learned that such a thing as the FBI existed, I thought, Oh, I, I want to be an FBI agent. You know, and as I got older, I didn't really know how to do that. So, you know, I think I, I filled out like a high school interest form and I bubbled in military, you know, and I started getting like recruiting stuff and, and I got a, I actually got an invitation to the Naval Academy summer seminar through that. I, you know, um, I've since learned that a lot of times folks have to apply, but perhaps at the time, you know, it was a newer program or something. I'm not really sure. It might just be my demographic as well, um, you know, because at the time there were fewer women. And so... You know, I was invited to do that. And um, I did two things that summer. I went to like a, um, a medical, uh, like a, for like high schoolers interested in medicine. I went to like a, it was called the National Youth Leadership Forum on Medicine. Can't believe I still remember that, but I do. And I went to that. And then right after that, I went to Annapolis for um, summer seminar. And I thought, okay, this is my thing, not this. And so, yeah, that, that pretty much sealed it for me at that point. And so what was the, did you end up going to Annapolis for your college? I did. Yes. And it was a little bit of a roundabout way that I did it. So, um, you know, I did the summer seminar and, um, just loved the experience. Um, you know, even though it was also kind of a shock, um, I don't come from a military family. And so I really went into it cold Turkey and in hindsight, you know, um, not really knowing what to expect and not really knowing what the tuition was, which is, you know, you don't pay tuition there. And so, but yeah, so I ultimately did go to the Naval Academy, but after I went to summer seminar, I, you know, I said, okay, you know, I was, I was a senior in high school at that point and I thought, okay, I'm going to apply and, um, you know, started getting my, my papers together. It's, it's quite a long process. You've got to get like a, you know, a service, uh, congressional nomination and things like this. And, um, you know, I quickly, uh, when I didn't get my, um, my congressional nomination, I, I was kind of like, Ooh, like, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to be able to like get a spot, you know, or get a, an appointment is what they call it. And so probably about, you know, December of my senior year, I thought, okay, um, I got to think of my plan B and I'm going to reapply. That's what I thought. And so I said, I'll go to my, my commuter school, local, you know, university here, which is a great university. And I will just reapply the following year. And so when I went, you know, as a now a freshman in, in college to reapply now, you know, taking like chemistry and calculus, like they tell you to, you know, I still ran into a roadblock at my, um, for the nomination process. And at that point I thought, man, like, you know, same thing again, you know, I'm still like, just not, not competitive enough to, to get a, you know, a, a nomination here. And so 
I decided, okay, I'm going to go talk to my recruiter. And I did. And so I applied or I, um, I enlisted in the Marine Corps as a reservist and I went through boot camp. I, I, I left college for the uh, spring semester, went to boot camp. And during my boot camp process, I was actually offered a, a nomination for, um, for fleet Marines coming to the Naval Academy at that point. And so that just lifted that barrier for me and I had the academics. And so I was offered an appointment to the Naval Academy. So that's how I made my way in there. <laughs> I love hearing your story because so many people think it's like a straightforward process. And number one, what I've learned from the podcast is I already knew it was hard, but like I didn't realize, I think, how hard it was until I started talking to people. And then also there's more than one path. Like sometimes people think, oh, there's only this one way to do it, but there's a bunch of different paths that can get you into the academies, especially if you're facing roadblocks in the what's traditionally known as the traditional path that most people use, but not all people. There's all these other so that's a really cool story. I love hearing that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, um, you're, you're, you're totally right. It's, it, you know, at, at the time, you know, I remember being a high schooler and thinking like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I didn't get in and, you know, um, I'm going to be set back a year, you know, and, and, and in hindsight, gosh, now as adults, you're like a year is nothing. You know, if you've got to reapply, if you've got to, you know, you go, go about it a different path, you know, whatever, you know, to, to address whatever the roadblock is, you know, maybe it's, you know, your SAT scores aren't high enough or your academics or whatever. A lot of times they'll offer people um, the Naval Academy prep school, for example, and, and other avenues, you know, and it's really like, you know, I think people have to keep in mind the long game, you know, and, and also it just, it, it really just depends on, you know, a lot of times, gosh, like the more populated states, are going to be more challenging, um, you know, not to take away from anyone coming from but just the the numbers of, you know, how many people are competing for those few um, nominations in your state. But yeah, definitely, um, definitely several different avenues for people who really, really want it, you know? Yeah. And I know I said that we would talk about your book later, but I feel like your book has a lot of you in the story. Just, I mean, I only talked to you for a few minutes, but like, it, did that draw a lot of inspiration? Because your novel is fictional. It's like it's in the future, and but it's at it's based at a military academy. So did that have a lot of impact to play on like how you wrote your novel? Yeah, it really did, actually. Um, you know, I think since it is my first book, and you know, when one sets out to say, okay, I'm going to write a novel, you're like, oh my gosh, like what? Where do I even begin? And so there's that old adage, write what you know. <laughs> and so, um, and so I said, okay, I'm going to, you know, just, just start there. And so I really, it, it's some sort of a kind of a hodgepodge uh, between my Naval Academy experience and my experience at the basic school as a, uh, you know, Marine officer. And yeah, so I, I did draw a lot of inspiration from like what it felt like to be in, in that, in that particular time of, of your career and of your life, you know, that you're both, you're starting your career and you're very young, but you have a lot in front of you. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I hope that came through in the book. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was interesting to hear. I like the futuristic part, but then I knew that it was also very similar to like the people I've talked to about what being in an academy is like. And so I thought, I thought you did a good job of that part of the story. It was it was believable and you capture the like emotion of what, you know, senior cadets feel as they're getting close to the end. So I think so. Oh, great. Well, that's wonderful to hear. Thank you. <laughs> so let's continue on and talk a little bit about your time at the Naval Academy. What was that experience like? 
Yeah. Wow. What a great question. It was, it was a good experience. Um, you know, it was tough. I, I will also say that, right. I, like I said, I, I didn't come in, uh, I don't have a military background in my, in my family. And so, and, and even having come from, you know, like I said, I'd, I'd gone through Marine Corps boot camp and then I went to the Naval Academy, but you know, Paris Island, what they're trying to accomplish there and what the Naval Academy is trying to accomplish, they're, they're trying to do two different things. And so one did not necessarily prepare me. In fact, <laughs> I, I feel like it was actually kind of tough coming in from that perspective, um, having been around professional um, drill instructors who are molding you to be a Marine versus when you go to one of the service academies and it's, you know, you're upperclassmen. I mean, they're not professionals and they're, they're really learning leadership off of you, you know, and you are kind of learning your place in that particular organization. So it's quite different. And so, you know, so I found that pretty challenging. And then the other thing I found challenging was, um, you know, being, you know, I, I won't lie, like it, being a minority, like I did feel that, um, you know, I, I, I think I've explained that it does at times feel like a guy's locker room, you know, not that I've ever been in a guy's locker room, but <laughs> I guess what I imagine a guy's locker room would be like. And I think that that's probably improved, but, um, you know, and I, and I frankly just don't have another college experience to really go off if I was a commuter student otherwise. So that's quite different, but ultimately I had nice memories while I was there. I met my husband there, you know, so we shared that time together, which was really special. And, and now my son wants to go there. And so that's really, you know, that, that would be, that would really warm my heart, you know, if, if things ended up that way. And so it is a special place for me. Yeah. I don't think I've talked to anyone who's like, oh yeah, the Academy, it was easy. <laughs> no problem. No more. It's like, it was really hard, but I gained a lot from it. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you, got a pro you went through a program where you were going to go back into the marine corps after you graduated is that correct you know no actually so what a lot of people don't know is that when you come from the fleet you know i'm doing you know a quote to air quotes <laughs> for you know audio listeners but uh when you come from the fleet and i say that because i didn't really come from the fleet but when you come from that status and you're coming from you know the enlisted ranks to go to the Naval Academy, you actually get issued a DD-214. So you get discharged from the Naval, or from the Marine Corps. You're no longer a Marine and you are now a midshipman and that is your rank. And so when you go through the Naval Academy and through the years, once you finally get to your senior year, you have to compete for a spot in the Marine Corps and a commission in the Marine Corps, just like everybody else. Sometimes folks don't get it. You know, it just sort of depends on um, and sometimes people choose not to, you know, um, uh, I can think of several Marines who decided to pursue careers in the Navy. And so, you know, it just sort of depends, but, um, and it depends a lot about, you know, what, what the, what the climate is in that particular class and geopolitically how people, how much in demand the Marine Corps is versus something else. I think, I think my year, um, you know, a Navy pilot was the one that was really in demand, you know, I mean, all, you know, Marine Corps was also competitive, but I think like my husband's class was maybe more competitive. I just happen to know that because he was in there, you know, that might be anecdotal though. So actually it is anecdotal. There's no data there. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's just kind of how very generally how that works. That's really interesting. So you ended up going in the Marines or staying in the Navy? So, well, so yeah, so I, I decided I wanted to go back in the Marine Corps. And so I, um, you know, I, I competed for my spot, um, you know, in, in, the, in the Marine Corps. I think every, I think, gosh, at least my year, I feel like we commissioned about um, 200 Marines 
uh, from my class. So after the Naval Academy, went into the Marine Corps as a commissioned second lieutenant and then pursued, you know, my career after that. Yeah. So let's talk about your career and what happens after you graduate. So Marine Options, which I was, everyone goes to the basic school and uh, that's about, uh, that's six months long, you know, so you do that and then you do, um, you know, then from there, everyone has to compete for their occupational specialty. At the time, uh, combat MOSs were not open to women. So, which is really funny. I feel kind of old, like, you know, like now that I'm like, you know, um, if my daughter was to join, it would be different, you know? And so, but that's how it was when I went through a lot of that kind of culture made its way into my book as well of competing for your spot and whatever. And so, um, I went into ground supply and, um, got stationed in Southern California, Camp Pendleton. So, so probably near where you live now and, and did a tour, a tour there, did a B billet. And then I, and then I left the service, you know, I did, I did a little bit beyond my obligated time about five and a half years, but, but it was, you know, it went by fast to be honest, you know, looking back. You only did the five years and like you said, it went by quick. What was the thing that led you not to stay in after those first five years? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I always had it in my mind that I would make an exit as a, you know, after my obligated time, go to business school and, you know, kind of go into mid-level management and some corporate job uh, from there. And, and that would be, and that would be that, you know, it's funny even because not having like, you know, once again, not having had military in my, in my family, you're there, I guess 20 years feels like a long, like, oh my gosh, like, you're, you know, such a long time. It's not, <laughs> you know, I've got friends now who are hitting their 20 and I'm like, oh, I guess that wasn't that long. And so, yeah, I think that that was kind of always in my head. Um, I'm serving in the reserves now, in fact, because uh, I had, I had left and I was, you know, I'm going to go to business school. I'm going to, what I had, uh, what I actually did was have two children. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, that took up my time. But, um, and so, yeah, after a few years, I thought, you know, I'm not really ready to give it up completely. And so um, I affiliated with a reserve unit and I'm currently serving in the reserves, uh, which I really enjoy. That's really cool. I love that you took the time off to have your family and now you're back in the reserve. So you're still serving. That's a really cool story. And you mentioned earlier that you met your husband at the Naval Academy. And when did you guys get married in this whole crazy journey of serving in the military? Yeah, we got married um, the weekend that I graduated, actually. So which is um, another funny thing, because you know, a, a lot of folks will couple, couple up um, while they're, you know, at, at Navy, you know, college sweethearts, if you will. And the, the best advice that all of the, um, the the officers on the yard, as we call them, you know, all the all the um, all the mentors there, they all tell us don't get married graduation weekend because people you know, split up all the time, you know, cause you, you know, you basically have, you know, this whole career in front of you, um, and it's going to take you different places and, you know, and so it's hard for a marriage to go through, especially a young marriage, but yeah, but you know, we were in love and, and we still are. So, you know, <laughs> so it works out, but yeah, we got married, um, right after graduation at the chapel, which, uh, so, so once again, the Naval Academy is a special place to me for that. And did he graduate the same year as you? He was a year ahead of me. Yeah, we, there was one year that, yeah, yeah, we've always been a little bit staggered, you know, as far as career, you know, but, but on the other hand, it, it did always work out, you know, um, and I mean, it's funny, I think, I think it just depends. Uh, a lot of times, even folks, you know, in different services, one, one might go Navy, one might go Marine Corps, and they figure it out. 
And so, did he transition out the same time that you did, or? He transitioned out before me, so he was, uh, yeah, he left in 2011, and then I left in 2013. So yeah, yeah, they're, like, it, it, it's funny, because, you know, you think back, and you're like, gosh, this is like five years of transitioning for everyone. <laughs> and then you had a family, more transition, and more craziness. Exactly, yeah. So let's talk about, like, you leaving the military and what that whole experience was like and starting your family. Yeah. So, you know, I guess I should backpedal a little bit. I had my son when I, in 2010. So um, I was still on active duty and, you know, so that was, that was great and wonderful, but you know, just like reality of it, you know, um, the uh, folks were rotating in and out. In fact, (laughs) my husband left for Afghanistan three weeks after our son was born, you know? And so, and it's funny, I'm sure a lot of your listeners, you know, will, will totally like agree that it feels very normal at the time because everyone is going through this, but you look back and you're like, that was really hard, you know, like on this whole community of, you know, just families getting shuffled around and these are dangerous places to go to, you know? And so, you know, my son was, um, was, was around when I was still on active duty. And so kind of figuring that out and, um, trying to, you know, be there for him and do all the normal, you know, things you want, you know, like wanting to nurse him and pump and all this, you know, all this kind of stuff that you're like, Oh gosh, like, so yeah, by the time I had my daughter, um, I was transitioning out. And so, um, but you know, that was a different challenge there too, which I'm sure, you know, your listeners will get to that. It's, um, you know, you're used to working, you're used to, you know, not seeing other adults and being kind of very active. And then you go to being a stay at home mom and it can be pretty isolating and plus you're out of the service. And so you don't have that anymore, you know, I mean, I guess you do kind of theory, but like whatever your support network was around that kind of, um, it changes dramatically. And so I found that to be pretty, pretty tough, to be honest. Yeah. I transitioned out when my son was born and I had that same like feeling of like losing my identity and losing my community. And even though we didn't move, like everything changed because I wasn't in the military anymore. And it was just really hard. I left when my son was born and it was like a lot of emotions. And so that was really hard. Yeah, exactly. Like you could be in the same place, but the situation is just so different. And your day to day is so different. Yeah. And losing that identity of service is really hard. And I don't think the military definitely not back then talked about it enough about like you're losing a piece of yourself and you can't just fill it in with like a new job it's it's really hard so it is and one of the other things you talked about was like people coming and going and like how we thought that was normal like i think in the military space we kind of just got used to it and like expected people to just be like this is how it is suck it up and not allow people to be like this is hard and i'm struggling and so i think looking back we're kind of like oh my goodness what were we doing it was really hard to deal with all that challenge and upheaval of our lives yeah all that change you know just constant change and but yeah it was i don't know it's funny like i mean i i suppose we'll be a little bit better about it i hope we become a little bit more sensitive i think I think the dialogue is at least trending in that direction, you know, that people at least feel empowered to say, you know, this is hard and this kind of (laughs) sucks. Well, just to think like your husband left three weeks after your son was born and now husbands or partners get 12 weeks of maternity leave, just like the mothers do. And how like 
he didn't even get three he got three weeks and then he was gone and like now yeah and and back then it was like 10 days and now it's 12 weeks it's the military's changed a lot you're right that's right i forgot about that how paternity leave was 10 days i mean that's like 10 consecutive days not 10 monday through friday 10 days you're right i completely forgotten about that until you mentioned that but yeah that is that is bad like you know like it's like hey we just expect you ladies to fly in your mom or whoever you know help each other out yeah 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 no it's that that is, that is good that that's gotten a lot better. Yeah, because it is really hard. Yeah, so I don't know if you want to jump to your book. Do you want to talk about your book now? Or do you want to talk about, like, between the time you left and where you're at today? Oh, I guess you I, get to choose. Yeah, I guess I'll say that real quick. You know, I have, I've served in the reserves, and I've really enjoyed that. And, um, you know, it has been. And, and as a stay-at-home mom, um, you know, I stayed home a total of nine years. It was a fantastic way to keep some skills you know, and keep relevant. Um, and I think that that's what kind of led me to ultimately be able to have, you know, when I was finally ready to, okay, now it's like a good situation and I can go back to work full time, you know, have, you know, some work experience behind me to say it's some recent work experience, you know? Um, I think that that's one thing a lot of us women struggle with when you stay home for a long time that you're like, well, gee, I did this thing 10 years ago. <laughs> and so, um, that's that can be pretty pretty tough like trying to stay i guess marketable and relevant and have something to offer and kind of current that you can say about yourself so the reserves had really helped me with that writing had really helped me with that and to have that confidence to be able to kind of move on and you know to where i'm at now so what made you want to write a novel a couple things so one was you know i really i needed a like an intellectual project, I guess, you know, I was, I was missing that in the day to day of, you know, just the nurturing that you do as a, as a stay at home mom when the kids are little. And so, um, so there was that. And then there was also just, I think I had seen one of the star Wars. I can't remember which one, but I was like, you know what? That was awesome. Like, I want to figure out how to tell a really good story. <laughs> and so it was, it was kind of the two things of, you know, wanting to like investigate that in particular and like learn how to do that and then have a project. Yeah, that sounds really good. And I really enjoyed that the main protagonist was a female cadet and getting to hear it from her story. And just, I thought it was interesting I just thought the whole premise of the book, it took me a few chapters to get into it. And then after that, I was like, ooh, I want to know what happens next. So it was very different than what I normally read. So like, I was like, I am not as much of a like sci-fi drama. The drama was a little too much for me, but it, overall, it was a great book, especially if you like that drama. Okay. You mean like the kind of the tension, I guess, or like the... I'm a romantic comedy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pleasure reading and... This was not a romantic comedy. It was still fun to read. It was just different. I was like, this is not a book I need to read right before bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that at any rate, because, you know, I did I did design it that way. And so it makes me feel good that it that it's come across right as a like, you know, kind of thriller kind of, you know, you know, keep reading kind of thing like that, you know, you create the tension. And so, I mean, that's another thing that I enjoy a lot now and that I've learned throughout this process is um, I really enjoy nerding out about storytelling. And so, yeah, this project has absolutely let me just be a huge nerd <laughs> about, about all that, like the ways that you can 
you know, ramp up, you know, tension, and, you know, just whatever, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Oh, yeah, you did that. Uh, you're successful. <laughs> yeah, one time I read it right before bed and I had like the weirdest dreams and I was like, okay, this is no longer a book you read right before bed. That's hilarious. Yeah, so like what was the inspiration like besides your time in the military but like why did you make it this like tension drama like suspense type book? yeah um so that's a good question i guess like the first thing i will say as far as like inspiration and i did want to you know specifically tell a story about um the certain type of a female in this environment and so you know the the sort who thinks that she's got it all figured out and she's really ambitious and you know but but like she she she, she's got a lot to learn about just life and people you know and so in that sense it's a bit of a coming of age type of story you know where you you realize that your heroes aren't quite who you thought they were you know it's more complicated and so you know i wanted to talk about that i i also really wanted to talk about you know because so so one of the things when i said okay i'm gonna write like a military science fiction book I thought okay typically when you hear military science fiction you think of a certain type of book you know you think about like the protagonist is a guy you know there's maybe spaceships or there's aliens or there's like there's actual like combat you know or whatever and there's not that in this book and so I wanted to tell a different type of story a different type of military book just about like a young woman growing up in the world and in this environment. And so, you know, I, I wanted to, I guess, um, I wanted to give a reader that, that thriller experience because that's kind of what you think when you, you're like, okay, military science fiction, like I, I'm going on, it's, this is going to be a ride, you know, whatever. And so I wanted to give that, but I wanted to tell, like I said, this different kind of story. So, you know, not to, not to disappoint, I guess, in one way, but not to have, to, to, to do it, like, do it differently, I guess, you know? Yeah, no, I thought it was great in that aspect. It it was, like, so different than anything that I've read by women veteran authors, and it's such a different story that isn't being told, and it has a lot of, like, you know, things that you could use to learn from, like, military situations, like, the different characters are all relatable to people that you know in the military, and so I think... I thought overall it was good. I was just like, I do not like science fiction. <laughs> and it was really funny because I was like, I, this book makes me uncomfortable, but I also couldn't put it down. So it was kind of funny in that aspect. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's like, you're like my daughter. My daughter's like, cause we've got the, I survived books, you know, you do know that series of, yeah. And, uh, and we've got them and I'm like, why don't you read these? She's like, I like to read happy books that have happy endings. And I'm like, okay. Well, I really want to thank you for your time. Is there anything that we didn't get to touch on before I ask my final question? You know, I guess I guess one thing that you just mentioned that, that I think is interesting. You know, you, you talked about, like, the kind of stuff that you hear from, typically from um, women veteran authors, or even veteran authors right now. I feel like, I feel like a lot of the stuff that gets a lot of attention or... or, or I don't know, just, just gets a lot of traction, whatever, you know, is this, uh, military realism, you know, like a, a lot of time, like, uh, memoir type, you know, stories very, you know, focused on Iraq, Afghanistan, because that's, you know, every, every like it, it touched so many of us, um, in this demographic. And yeah, I, I guess I felt like if, you know, people have done like a great job 
you know, talking about that and um, covering that. And I think I wanted to talk about something a little bit different, a little bit, a little bit fun in the sense that it touches more on like these themes, right? Where, and this is why fiction is so wonderful, you know, that we, we can talk about themes at a distance, you know, um, where we can say, oh, like I could see that, you know, I can see myself there and I can relate to this and that without it being, I guess, so um, this really like personal, you know, I think I'm explaining that correctly, even though I feel like I'm kind of stumbling over it, but, but anyway. <laughs> No, no, I think you're right, because a lot of them are like leadership type books or memoir and or even like history books covering like the history of things that have happened. It was exciting to get a book that was fiction and not just like fiction, but still had that military connection where you can like talk about it at a distance where you can like put some of yourself in it and people don't even know like what stories are part of you or things that you've heard from people and just I yeah, I think. It was really cool because it's also a different genre to open up different people, you know, who might not want to read those history books, but they like sci-fi and that leads them to joining the military or at least being exposed to it. So I think that's really cool. So I always like to end my interviews with what advice would you give to a young woman who's considering joining the military? Wow, I love that question. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. What advice would I give the young woman, the young women wanting to join the military? I would say, this is so practical, be as physically fit as you possibly can be. Physically and mentally tough. Let's let's put it that way. I'll be physical, physical and mental toughness. I will assume that any woman who, you know, young woman who's like, I, I have an interest, whatever, you know, she probably knows she wants to or you know, she's kind of venturing into the unknown. I remember when I would tell people that I wanted to go to the Naval Academy and they're like, you know, and be a Marine. They're like, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, gosh, they think I can't do it and whatever, you know? And so I feel like that's less helpful, but I feel like, um, there are certain, you know, there are certain blockers that do get in, in women's way when we go off to do these things and we underestimate how actually physically hard they are and how actually mentally hard they are. And so um, I think, you know, I think if I had gone into these different places more physically fit and maybe a little bit more mentally tough, it would have been a little bit easier for me. But, uh, but you know, I think, I think all of us, um, you know, can look back and say, oh, you know, if I had come in and I had known a little bit more, it would have been better. But, you know, it is part of the journey. And so, um, but there it is, my very pragmatic advice, you know, get as physically fit as possible. I love that because I've asked this question so many times and most of the time it's like, do your research, talk to women veterans. And I don't remember off the top of my head, anyone being like, get as physically fit as possible, which is such an important piece of advice that we don't talk about enough. And when I wrote my book, A Girl's Guide to Military Service, I was focused on the mental aspect of boot camp because that was like the hardest part for me. And my friend was like, why didn't you write about the physical stuff? And I was like, oh, yeah. So then that instead of having one chapter about boot camp, we ended up with two, one about the physical stuff, one about the mental stuff, because they're both really important to be both physically fit and mentally fit. So I think that's really great advice. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think too, I think women, um, you know, gr growing up through young women all the way through high school, like we're not, it's not really like culturally, I guess, and maybe it's different now. I don't know. But like lifting weights, doing pull-ups, like doing all this, all the stuff that males are kind of like, I mean, my son's 14. He's already in the gym, you know, like 
so it, it's kind of like this, this, this like norm, I guess that we just run a lot and we don't, you know, or maybe you don't run that much, whatever, but, um, but yeah, the, you know, it, it is a really important aspect and, um, you know, I'm glad that I, you know, I, I did see you had, um, um, about your book there and I'm definitely going to grab a copy for, for my daughter. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to share this interview with everyone. All right. Thanks. Lovely to meet you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's interview. I'm really thankful that you took the time to listen to this episode. And I wanted to tell you about two resources that may help you in your journey of military service. And so the first is my book, A Girl's Guide to Military Service. It's meant to help you answer all your questions about military life and give you a firm foundation for the start of your career. And if you're looking for mentorship or want to be a mentor, please check out the Women of the Military Mentorship Program. You can sign up to be a mentee or a mentor. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.